When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back in 82, I used to be able to throw a pigskin quarter mile. I would be honored if you played football for this team. The football gods are always on the Bears' shoulder. Go Bears! Boy, that escalated quickly. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Ho. Are there any signs that there's a bigger issue of disrespect? Is Jordan Love bad? And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. It's clear to me that they're going to make him earn that left tackle spot. There's some good signs there. It's okay to be excited. It's the Adams. The Adams converge. Hogan Johns. And we are underway. What's up? Welcome in a Wednesday edition of Hogan Johns as we get ready for Monday Night Football, Bears, and Steelers. Everybody get excited. <laughs> These uh, longer weeks kind of, they're just always different with our planning, the Bears yeah. planning. Every, everything feels a bit longer. The next week's everything's a bit condensed, but then we have the bye week. But the Bears kind of stink, so everybody can wait. They got the Bears kind of stink. It's a good headline for the podcast today. Uh, welcome in, Adam Hogan, Adam Johns, with you. You can follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Read me at NBCSportsChicago.com. John Z on the Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns, where you go to subscribe, where you should be subscribed. You can listen to the podcast ad free there. Um, and we appreciate all the support you guys give us. And I uh, do quickly want to mention that November is 22Q Awareness Month, uh, which we've talked about in years past. But if you're uh, not familiar, um, my son was born with 22Q. It is a genetic condition, and um, we can revisit all that when we have more time. And uh, But you can check out some more information. It's on my Twitter feed. And um, anyway... It's 22Q Awareness Month, so we will be bringing that up here and there over the next month and uh, sharing some stories and all um, any shirts, merchandise, whatever that's purchased from obviousshirts.com, a portion of that will go to the 22Q Family Foundation uh, that I've been a part of for, man, probably seven years now because that's all old James is. And uh, they do great work, outstanding work, and um, I encourage you to go find them too at 22Q Family on Twitter and follow along as they uh, share a whole bunch of stories throughout the month of November. Very important stuff, so thank you for all the support there. Uh, yesterday was the trade deadline, Johnsy. How'd that go? Quiet. Although, I think the Von Miller trade, which happened right after we recorded our podcast on Monday, did it not? Yeah. That's how it happens usually. Big trades, big news. Podcast is in. Can't really comment on it. But I'm sure a lot of Bears fans are wondering if the Bears could unload a Cleo Mack, who's injured, or Robert Quinn, who's over 30. What did you think? I thought the Von Miller trade was very interesting. Now, they basically, I don't want to say they got him for free, but they got him for free financially. <laughs> uh, they gave up a second and third round pick for Von Miller, which certainly gets your attention if you're the Bears and you're like, whoa, we got a couple pass rushers here. We could use some second and third round picks. Like, what the hell, Les? Yeah. Give us a call. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting, though, because the more and more you look at Khalil Mack's contract, right, huge cap hit to trade him. It's like $24 million. However, he's cap hit unless you restructure it again, which you might have to do next year. It's going to be $30 million if he's on your team. So it still actually does save you some cap space by moving on from Khalil Mack. And we talk about this a lot with contracts. The team that's acquiring Khalil Mack is not carrying all that cap garbage that the Bears have to swallow. So they actually get a high-quality pass rusher at a relatively affordable price 
don't have the numbers right here in front of me, but it's like $16, $17 million just the base salaries that you're getting Khalil Mack for. And oh, by the way, none of that's guaranteed. I mean, if I'm another team, I'm like, sign me up for that. Now, the problem is, I guess, with the Rams specifically is they don't really have a whole lot of cap space. They've been trading for guys forever now, signing guys. This is what I, they I, do. I don't know enough about their Who situation. Who needs the draft? Who, forget the draft. We'll just take all the other best players, you know, off the other teams around the league. Hey, that's their strategy. But at some point, you're going to be up against the cap. And so I don't know if they could have fit Khalil Mack into that situation. But um, it was interesting that they go out and add Von Miller for a pretty steep price, a second and third round pick, it felt like. And Anyway, the Bears hold on to Khalil Mack. They hold on to Robert Quinn. They're going to play out the string. Which leads us to, I think, the next conversation, Johns, is what's realistic here? They're, 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 this is their roster. They're going forward. They got nine more games. The schedule's not easy. I mean, I look at this, and I don't see how they can do better than three and six. For the rest of the way? Yes. Six-win season? So I, those I, th- I think the ceiling is seven wins, but go ahead. Seven wins total. Seven wins, seven and ten. So that would be four and five the rest of the way. Correct. Not okay. exactly better. So, no, no, I <laughs> a know, but bit better. And I'm not trying to tell you you're wrong. I'm just, I need to find out where the four wins are. So Steelers, they're six and a half point underdogs. Maybe you can pull out a surprise. I mean, if you're telling me they're going to go four and five, that's the type of game they have to win, which is not easy. Um, Ravens at home. No. Come on. Uh, after that, they go to, Detroit on Thanksgiving. Should be a win. Yep. So that's one of the ones I'm counting as a win. That being said, wouldn't completely shock me well, if they lost. We saw, what was his name? David Blau? His name was David Blau, right? Yeah. Didn't he give the Bears a serious scare a few years ago? Yes. He did. Crazy things happen in Thanksgiving. Don't underestimate how mediocre the NFL can be. That Now that plays in the Bears' favor, but it also plays against them. Um, beyond that, you have the, uh, I don't know if I have the exact, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but you have the Vikings twice. So like, again, if I'm trying to find three wins, you're trying to find four. I'm splitting. You got to split one of those. Like you got to get one of those two games. Not I, believe be- one of, I believe one of those games is a night game. So you, you know what Kirk Cousins is going to do. Yeah. Monday night. I, I would say, yeah, Monday night in Soldier Field. The problem is who won in Soldier Field on Monday night last year? Kirk Cousins finally yeah. did. Uh, Nick Foles started that game, so blah. Yeah, um, not gonna beat the Packers. Okay, uh, the Giants would be the other win I'm counting. You forgot and, the Cardinals. The Cardinals are on the schedule in December. Yeah, no, no, not winning that game. And then um, the other one's at Seattle. So if you're trying to tell me the Bears are gonna win, so the three wins I'm counting are Lions once, Vikings once, Giants. If you're telling me there's a fourth win in there, which game is it? Maybe Seattle. Maybe also, Seattle. Wilson's going to be back by then. That's fine. They're not very good anyway. Don't debate me over four wins. I don't think the Bears are very good. <laughs> I know. I'm just, I, I'm just telling you that's the ceiling there. That's what I think the ceiling is. Four, four wins. potential wins, yes. Which is my point. So seven and ten is their ceiling. You couldn't make one trade yesterday? Were you talking about trading to improve the current roster or trading with the future in mind? The future in mind. Yes. that's So we've talked about this last podcast. I wrote about this on The Athletic um, a couple times. Um, it's just not Bears. They don't do that. And that's the frustrating part, right? Like if, if you're Ryan Pace, you have to go into the offices of George McCaskey and Ted Phillips and be like, hey, we got to start planning for the future. But they don't want to hear about that. They want to see your game plan for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're going to put pressure on you to win now, even though it never makes much sense when you got a rookie quarterback playing. I- so to me, that's, and we kind of touched on this on Monday, That's to me, that's a problem. Because I want my ownership, regardless of the team, like if you're an NFL owner, I would want my ownership to be aware that 7-10 and 10 is the ceiling. So if you're telling me they don't even want to talk about, hey, let's look six months in the future here. Let's make some smart decisions. Let's not set us back another season. They don't want to even talk about that. 
That's a but, lack of awareness. That's concerning to me. That's on the ownership. If, if I'm going to play, here we are again, playing devil's advocate. If I'm Bears ownership, uh, I wonder if the messages from at least Matt and Nagy have been consistent. Because I would tell, I would say this. Matt, you told us that the plan all along was to stick with Andy Dalton, that you could win now with Andy Dalton. You threw that plan away three or four weeks in the season. What is going on? What happened in training camp? Why is he so far behind? Why do other rookie quarterbacks, at least a couple of them, look more advanced than our guy right now? You know, like there's, I wonder if, I don't mean to be hung up on what happened in the summer. At this point, Justin Fields should have better chemistry with his current receivers, right? You're six weeks into this, six starts into this. But it just seems like such a waste of time. Like, I would have serious questions about that. Like, that would linger for me if I'm ownership. I think we haven't won enough under the leadership of George McCaskey, and that's what we're working on. Yeah, it's... uh... I just I don't I it, it w- w- here's what we're gonna do we're gonna talk a little bit about what could happen the rest of this season beyond just the wins and losses which I think we just covered um, but first let's play your voicemails let's let's uh, let's put a a cap on last week's collapse in the fourth quarter probably your best moment of the season Justin Fields makes that crazy touchdown crowd's going crazy and then the extra point goes and then. The other team scores 10 points and you lose. Uh, curious what these voicemails are like. And then we'll get to some of these other bigger discussions because I think we got to start talking about developmental stuff, if we're being honest, about what's left here in 2021. But here are your voicemails from the Bears 49ers game. Hello? Do you know who this is? Oh, you didn't know? <laughs> your ass better call somebody! John's voicemail. The Hogan John's voicemail line. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. Got any questions or comments about the Bears? Give the guys a call before, after, or even during the game. Go Bears! Well, first quarter, four minutes and 38 seconds. Jesse James with a wide receiver catch and a tight end position. Makes me wonder, why did we pay Jimmy Graham all this money? Go Bears. Riddle me this, riddle me that. The first week where the offense looks like it can scheme people open. What's the one difference? Could it be that Matt Nagy isn't involved? Dun, dun, dun. Okay, I didn't think I'd ever say it, but uh, maybe time to trade Allen Robinson. Take the picks. I've just never seen this man take more plays off in his career, and I just don't know if he's built for the team that we've got right now. Bear down. This is DJ Almost Famous of Dallas. I don't know who made that bold prediction of Jesse James getting the uh, TD touchdown, but good job. It came true. Bear down. It's already halftime, and the Niners have three field goals. It's looking a lot like the last last game that was in uh in Chicago. And if it happens again, I swear to the dear Lord, Robbie Gould needs to just we need to give all our money to Robbie Gould. Hey, Hogan Johns, what up? What's up with Cole Komet? Just dropping a touchdown pass from Fields. Why can't he get separation? Why can't he? become a better tight end. He seems so sluggish. What the hell did that tight end university thing they were raving about that he did this year do for him? Nothing. What are the Bears doing? Listen closely, boys. I have a proclamation. There is a god walking amongst men on Soldier Field. And that man's name is Cairo Sendos. Bear down. That Justin Fields run for a touchdown just had me feeling some type of way. Bear down. And why was the extra pat all the way to the right for Cairo? But f*** it, we're winning this game. Let's go! Just when the offense manages to get out of their own damn way, the defense figures out again how to just completely throw a f***ing game. What the f*** is this team's problem? Fire every Buddy. This is a joke. We have given up two f***ing rushing touchdowns to 
basically an athletic stiff in Jimmy G. Just more of the same, different faces. That being said, Fields, wow. The biggest disappointment of this whole game was our defense. It wasn't just in Fields' best throw, but on the interception, Darnell Mooney totally misplayed the ball. He slows up, and then he has to jump up, and it goes off his hands at the top of his leap. Bad decision by Mooney. I think my only question is, can we flex out of next Monday Night Football? I got friends and family across the country. I don't need them seeing that on national TV. Dear God. I've been a Bears fan for 46 years. All this abuse, I think, has caused me to have PTSD. Can I get disability? Can't wait to hear from George and Ted about how this losing streak is actually a positive. And our kettles Bob Dabrowski calling in after a Soldier Fields loss. Um, you know, this one didn't sting quite as bad. You know, the Bears, they were in it. They could have won. They should have won. Uh, it is what it is. But I think the moral of the story today is Justin Fields. That guy looked like an animal out there unleashed upon a pack of lesser animals. And he is going to be a stud. You can just tell. He's learning. He's still developing. But that guy, that touchdown run, my goodness gracious, goodness God almighty, that was something else there. That's one that we'll remember. I think a win would have been amazing. A win would have been a cherry on top of a delicious Halloween Sunday, which is something that you should get into. But anyway, this will be the day that we remember as the Justin Fields day. This is when he established himself as an NFL quarterback. There were some bumps along the way. There will continue to be some bumps along the way. But this was a good day overall. Optimism, optimistic Bob, signing off, over and out, bear down. Let's go. Optimistic Bob. Sad Bob was out last week. Optimistic Bob is here. I think everybody prefers optimistic Bob, but... I think, like, Sad Bob made other people sad. Yes. You know, there was still, like, a touch of sadness in that call, I felt like. <laughs> he was saying optimistic things, but, the, you know, he you could still feel the loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Filippo's favorite thing about that 22-yard touchdown run, sure, it was electric. Like, looked like the best player on the field, Justin Fields did. Uh, before the actual snap... The Bears were in the wrong formation, and yes. with the the clock winding down, he got everybody in line, and then he even sent the motion at the correct time when everybody was set. So, a sign of maturation, the quarterback's coach called it for Justin Fields. Another step in the right direction, I feel, for the young guy. Um, again, though, not surprising at all on a crucial fourth and one, the biggest moment of the game, the Bears are not lined up properly, which is a whole nother thing. I told you there was something off on that. Remember I said, like, it looked like the play came, I don't know if the play came in late. The decision from Tabor was was right away. Yeah. We talked about this on Monday. Instant. Tabor said, we're going for it. And it was like, well, why are they still like, it, it just, you could tell something was off at the line of scrimmage, and that's what it turned out to be. I think it was Mooney who wasn't lined up properly. He had to send him up to the other side of the field. Um, that usually doesn't happen with him. And T. Filippo also had the interesting comment that he actually think he actually thought, now he didn't want to say, oh, I wasn't, or he said, I wasn't in the 49ers room, but this is what I think. Um, like, like the 49ers almost lucked into like stopping that play. That like someone did the wrong thing, and they were just in the right place at the right time for it. He made that suggestion. Yeah, just something interesting. So they they lucked into covering the flat route, and, yes. and also sending a edge rusher straight up the field to contain <laughs> yes, yes. Justin Fields, which actually makes sense. Like that's what I would do if I was a defensive no, coordinator. No, he, he made a suggestion that like someone should have done something else. And they didn't, and they were just there covering the flat. I think it was. I'll have to okay. that again. Yeah, I think to me it looked like the defense made a better call than the offense, and the quarterback was the best player on the field and scored a touchdown, which is what you want. That's why these quarterbacks are so valuable. That's why when you get that guy, everything looks so good because you got Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers that can bail your. A bad call out, right? The, the play after the play. 
and that's what happened on that. So it's you know it, it that stuff's gonna happen, but it's just an interesting thing for Flip to say, I guess that it was like kind of lucky that he was there. Okay, no, no, he didn't. He, I want to go back to his actual quote now, but are you gonna make me dig up this transcript? Talk about something while I find it. No, you don't have to. Okay, we we moving it, on. It's just I don't know. I didn't I didn't hear that part. Um, I was too busy working on trade scenarios that didn't happen. <laughs> Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Uh, let's see. Where were we? Okay. So, oh, oh, the one thing in those voicemails I want to touch on, because we were talking about uh, before you were t- you were mentioning like if you're George McCaskey, questions you have for Matt Eggy. I would say including Ryan Pace too. Questions you might have for Ryan Pace. When our producer Kent Garrison, who does a great job of the voicemails all weeks, said to us, "There's there's a lot of talk about the tight ends in this week's calls." I was like, "Ah, they love the tight end talk." But, like, those were all valid points. The, the Jimmy Graham thing would 100% be something I want to know. Because it's non-guaranteed money. And what does he do? He has one catch for 11 yards <laughs> on the season. I was going to check what his production was. I mean, if I'm George McCaskey and this is my team's money, I'd be like, what What are, What? are? What is this? And, and again... I, I, I've said this many times. I was on the... I, I could have seen it go either way. I felt like Jimmy Graham brought enough value that you could defend having him on this roster. The nine touchdowns last season, the mentorship for Cole Komet. But here we are, eight games into the season. He has one catch. He's hardly involved in the offense. Cole Komet's not really taking that step you want him to take. He's fine which is a whole nother conversation I'd like to have here in a few minutes about a bunch of guys who are just sort of fine. That money, it was not well spent. It just wasn't. And that would be another thing when I get in a meeting with Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, I'm like, what were you guys thinking here? What was supposed to happen? Because obviously this wasn't what was supposed to happen. We're not saying, we're not advocating for the return of Kyle Fuller or anything like that, right? Like, I feel like the Bears... No, regardless might, of what yeah, the move yeah. is, it's just, it's it's a wasted cap space. It's yes, wasted It's a, a wasted roster spot, yes. 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 Well, it's the Bears, though. Pushing money down the line, spending money on old players. That's <laughs> why the Bears are who they are. But, like, you ended up with Jesse James on this roster. You didn't have at the beginning of the training camp. Turned out to be a decent signing. He's got chemistry with Justin Fields, which is maybe a good transition to what we think should happen the rest of the way, what we might want to see happen the rest of the way. But what's the, like, I guess at this point, what's the point of even playing Jimmy Graham? I'm being serious now. Well, he didn't play last week because he's on the COVID list. I know, but now he's back. What what are you accomplishing? I I'm I'm being serious now. Like J- Justin Fields clearly has a connection 
with Jesse James. Jesper Horstead made the tough catch in the end zone. That caller in our voicemail says, why why can't Cole Komet get separation? Which was exactly my point after the game. Yes, I know some people point out like he's got one arm because he's being held or whatever, and it was a tough catch. Make it so it's not a tough catch. That's part of your job. You know all week on that route, you need to create separation. It's a back shoulder throw. Some people are picking Justin Fields, picking on Justin Fields a little bit for that. I don't know, man. The ball was there. Make a play. For your quarterback. Now his quarterback's quarterback's coach said his ball was hot. It was a little hot. What did the tight ends coach say? Did the tight ends coach say he should catch the ball? Well, the the quarterback's coach said he should catch the ball too. But I'm just saying, let's not leave out the context. Here I'm going to come off as defending Cole Komet, but let's not leave off the context of who he was actually up against too. But this is part of a bigger conversation. Like The Bears have so many of these guys... I use that word specifically. They're guys. Where are the studs? Well, one of your studs on the franchise tag, like this is part of the... Allen Robinson is having a guy's season. Is he not? Yes. You're paying him how much money? It's like the Jimmy Graham conversation as well. Like, I would honestly ask, like, what is going on with Allen Robinson? You've franchise tag this guy what 19 million bucks why is he your fourth leading receiver yeah well that's another whole thing I don't that I can't explain sorry second leading receiver but you know you get my point well he I don't think he has more than four catches in a game since week one you're paying him a lot more (laughs) you're paying for Serious production. See, I think what you have here, the larger picture is here. Why is my offense broken? If I'm George McCaskey, why is this offense is why is this offense continuously broken? Because mm-hmm. truthfully, you put some of these guys in other teams, I think you get more production. <laughs> you know. Well, that's a fair point. Yeah. Like, why are we running so many hitch routes? Like, go watch that completion, the Marquise Goodwin. You know that third down completion that everybody loves so much. And I do love it. But watch the other routes the other guys are running. Why are they running into coverage? <laughs> like, I'm serious. Watch watch what Cole Komet's doing. I don't know if this is on Cole Komet or the offensive system. Like, why is he running into Fred Warner? I get it. You may want to run him off, and there's decoys and all sorts of things that go into route concepts. But, you know, the Bears, like, lead the league in hitch routes. Like, why is that? Well, that goes back to the, the video that JTO Sullivan did on the Bears and the Browns game. Static like routes. how many times he went through the whole he went through like the whole game and he was like, "This is this this is a, a route combination you run against man. And this is zone." And then yeah. it was like the next one is like, "This is this is what you run against zone." And now you're facing man. Like you're, it, it's not, it doesn't work. But those are questions, George McCaskey. I, the thing is, like, George McCaskey has to become equipped with like his research to ask these questions to Matt Nagy. Like, Ted Phillips has to talk to J.T. O'Sullivan and be like, what, what is going on? Why is our offense not working? You could try to explain it to me, but the stats are what they are. I think that's one reason why we all, like, we're, we're, we're looking at this Cole Komet play so seriously because it was drawn up so well. They come up in, in I formation, they motion out, they get the single coverage they want. You have a matchup you may actually like with Komet against Fred Warner. You know that's going to be the matchup. Throw was decent. Coverage was decent. A lot of things played into it, but it didn't work. Well, does Travis Kelsey make that catch? Travis Kelsey had a bad game the other night, by the way. Okay, that's not my question. Besides the point, probably. Does George Kittle make that catch? Well, where's the ball? Is it on the hand or is it in? Who's throwing the pass? No, the same exact pass. The same exact hot pass. Maybe. Do they catch the ball? Maybe. You can say, oh, well, Cole Komet's not those guys. You just named two of the best tight ends. In football, okay. Does Jesper Horstead make that catch? Maybe. That's the problem to me. Like, you can't expect every single pass, especially for a rookie, to be perfect. This is the conversation I had about Trubisky, like, years ago, by the way. Yeah. And everybody was on my case about it. But this is in the context of actually a good game, and I think the future is obviously brighter for for Justin Fields. Like, I'm, I'm just... You know what? This 
let's stay on topic here, like with what needs to go with the direction, okay? Because this is my point. My point is exactly this. You need guys that can actually make plays, okay? And I honestly still think Cole Komet can be one of those guys. But you need to start seeing it. Make that play, okay? Darnell Mooney, one of the callers brought up, like, that's a Hail Mary down the field. Like, it, I didn't even dock Justin Fields for throwing interception. You're, you're down two scores. You have no timeouts. You're just trying to chuck a ball up. So make the play. The ball hits you in the hands. Why'd you slow down? Because the caller's right. He did slow down a little bit. You know, it, the, 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 you have to find guys who are going to make those plays for the quarterback. Because believe it or not, every pass that Patrick Mahomes throws is not perfect. He's got a cannon, too. He throws it hot, too. Actually, and Kelsey makes a, the play for him. I would actually argue a lot of the highlight reel plays you see from the Chiefs, those passes are not perfect. It's just true. There's two, there's, there's two ends to every pass. By the way, okay? what's going on with the Chiefs this year? Oof, I don't know. And then the other thing is, if I had to say right now what is the biggest priority this coming offseason... You need real dudes on the offensive line. This whole like trying to skate by with not investing a large sums of money on the O-line with all these second round picks. Now the Bears, well, I was going to say they, no, they did. They used another second round pick on another O-lineman this year, right? Now they did. It was grant, granted this year it made sense. You used the first round pick on the quarterback. Okay, that's fine. But like you look across this line, whether it's Tevin Jenkins, Cody Whitehair, James Daniels, uh, Mustafer's undrafted, right? And then, man, another question I'd have talking about money: five million for Jermaine Effetti. Like Jermaine Effetti should not come, should not get his job back when he comes back here. Oh no, it's Larry Borm the rest of the way. You got to go with Larry Borm the rest of the way. Fifth round pick. Now, that may end up working out. Ryan Pace has been really good in the fifth round. But if you're going to really put Justin Fields in position to have success down the road, like you could just look at Jason Peters. He's 39 years old. You see the, you see the difference? You see the difference between Jason Peters and Cody Whitehair and James Daniels? Yep. Sam Mustaford. You see that difference? The guy walks up. He's fishing. The dude is fishing. He comes off a boat, walks into Hallis Hall, Needs a couple weeks to get into shape. Plays week one anyway. The dude has been really good. And he's 39 years old. Like, that's an offensive lineman. I, I understand he's going to the Hall of Fame, but go get yourself a Hall of Fame lineman. When's the last time the Bears had a Hall of Fame all lineman? Well, Olin Krutz. Should be Olin. I think he retired 10 years ago. Do you want me to read you? It's a good segue to a, what I wrote about with these midseason predictions. Do you want me to read these to you real quick? Yes. So this is in the athletic. Yes, this will be when you're. This will be live on Thursday. So I'm fired up today, Johnsy. You are fired up. So I want to hear what your, your thoughts on some of these because okay. you, you set me up for one of these. All right. So these are midseason predictions. Not exactly the midseason because they got the 17th game, but we're after eight. You get my point, right? Everybody gets my point. It's so, good enough. So how we did this? We broke it up into four, uh, five categories: Justin Fields, skill players, offensive line, defense, and how the season ends. Let's start with offensive line since you just mentioned Jason Peters. This is my midseason prediction. Jason Peters will be remembered as the Bears' best offensive lineman this season. And that's saying something since his Bears tenure began with him taking a phone call from Juan Castillo while on a boat. And his reaction was, oh, no. Yes. (laughs) I still love that. Like, what happened? I still love that. He looks at his phone, he sees it's Juan Castillo, and he says, he says, oh, no. But it's everything you just said. Like, he's brought something that I think should be noted more than once. It's that Fred Warner, it's that block in Fred Warner where he takes his head off, basically, like clotheslines him. Like, yes. That means something. It's all those de-cleating pancake blocks that you see that, that he produces. When's the last time we saw that from a Cody Whitehair? Or James Daniels. We saw it from James Daniels when he slammed the guy from the Raiders. But, like, I feel like this starts with Jason Peters. He's brought a tenacity, a mindset. Like, the run game has improved with him, and he's 39 years old. And 
odds are he won't be in your team next year. Can you help me out real quick? I'm trying to find the stories where I can look at it at the same no, time. No, What's... no, 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 no. It's not up yet. Oh, not... okay, so this is okay. A tease. This is All a right, tease. I'm trying to this find it. Oh, I like this. Okay. This is a Sorry. tease. So no wonder I can't it, find it. So if you're listening, this is going to be up on Thursday morning. Um, Kevin Fishbane has his midseason predictions in it as well. Um, there is a lot of analysis that comes with these one-liners I'm reading. Uh, check it out while you're listening to us. Um, it's going to be fun. Um, what do you want next? You want off? Uh, you want defense next? Or you want skill players? We're just talking about skill players. Can I bring up one thing on Jason Peters though? Yeah, go ahead. What do you do when Tevin Jenkins is ready to play? I don't think he's gonna be ready to play this year. Oh snap! Yeah. How about we just leave it at that? And that's another question that George McCaskey should have for Ryan Pace. Okay, well that solves that problem. Because if he is ready to play in a couple weeks. I'm with you on Jason Peters, but shouldn't your mind be on the future? Don't you have to get Tevin Jenkins on the field? Yeah. yeah Sounds like a yeah. moot point, though. All All right. this, at the same time, though, if your future is really just the fields, don't you want to keep him upright? <laughs> That's also true. But isn't the point that Tevin Jenkins is supposed to be able to play? It's true. Ugh. It's true. Layers. So much layers to this. Fix the offensive line. Skill players. Here's my input. Fields' chemistry with Mooney and even tight end Cole Komet will be viewed as a positive for the future, regardless of what changes happen. But the team still will be left wondering where things went wrong with Allen Robinson this season. Well, sure. But this is where I'm actually going to be calling myself out for this, okay? I am also guilty of doing this. I think we all are. Whether it's the fans, the media, especially the Bears doing this. I think we all have a tendency in the offseason when everything's bright and sunny of overrating some of the talent that's on this roster. So when I probably said multiple times in the offseason, the interior of this O-line is the strength. Right now, they got a bunch of borderline starters that are committing way too many penalties. All right? That was wrong. I want to see a dude in the middle. I want to see a Ryan Jensen taking dudes' heads off. I want to see a Quentin Nelson. Real, violent, physical, offensive. I want to see an Olin Krutz. You know what I mean? So, and I'm saying this, I know I'm getting back to the old line, but I'm saying this because of what you just said. I don't, I, I apologize, I'm not trying to call you out, but I'm just worried that maybe we're still overrating Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney a little bit. That's fine. That's fair. I think their production is going to be higher than what Allen Robinson produces. I think you're going to see a season. So if Cole Komet finishes with, let's say, 50 catches and just over 500 yards receiving. um, Is that what he's on pace for? He's, he's not far from that pace. Okay. He's got 22 catches for 197, and he's got the extra 17th game. But how does that, I don't know. That seems like he's still way behind other tight ends, right? Well, I don't think they're, let's see. Let's look at tight end production this year. Yeah. Let me go off my grades here, just so you're aware. Uh, Darnell Mooney, I have right now playing at a mid-level starter. In, in my in my grading system over the course of the season so far, he grades out as a starter, but not a long-term starter, which is the next level up the way I do it. So he's, but he's on that fringe. He's, he's worth starting, and I think that's the production he's giving you. But if you're trying to tell me he's going to develop into a number one stud wide out, that's what I'm talking about. And I'm not saying you're doing that. I'm just saying. No, I'm not saying that. Yeah, I'm I know just you're saying not saying he's going to be the Bears' leading receiver by the end of the year because Allen Robinson's not producing. Well, you're right about that. It's more of a criticism of what's going on with Allen Robinson. Yeah. I don't think you'll be able to guess the two leading receivers at tight end this year. Or sorry, the uh, Travis Kelsey's number one. Yeah, two guys, but the two guys after him. How, what? How many catches does he have so far? And I should know this. He's on my fantasy team. Forty-nine. So he's already at fifty. That's like my point. Yeah. He's halfway through the season, and he's already at the point we're talking about Cole Komet getting to by week 18. Well, I think, that to be fair, he's playing for 
Like, look at Tyreek Hill. He's already got 64 catches. Just like he leads the NFL. And, and everyone's saying the Chiefs offense is broken right now. That's yeah. the scary thing. Yeah. This is these guys on a on a on a down year. Yeah. Let's let's not forget the Bears have the worst <sighs> passing offense in the league, and a lot of that is well, you could go on and on and on. Right, let's see if you can, you can guess the, uh, the second and third leading receiving tight ends. Um, in football right now, because I think it's kind of notable given like the development of guys. By the way, yeah, let's see what these guys are doing. Um, is one of them Waller? No, not Waller. Just give it to me. I'm not gonna be able to think of it. TJ Hawkinson. Okay. First round next. pick. First round pick, right behind Travis Kelsey with 48. I believe this is his third season. And he's in Detroit, everybody. Yes. Third season, I believe. And then we have Mike Gesicki. Miami. My guy from Penn State. With 40. I also believe this is his fourth season. Now they've been more productive than Cole Komet in their first or the second and thirds. Just, just. Just more context for you. I, I'm not writing off Cole Komet, but yes, he needs to be better. Where do you think I have Cole Komet? Uh, what category? Do I have him as a... Um, I'm going to say you have him as a non-starter, go, judging off what you've been saying the, the yeah. entire podcast. So I have, basically, the way my rankings go are blue chip players. like apps, Those are the studs. You need more blue chip players, okay? Then I have long-term starters, like the guys who are playing a starter level that you want to consider extending. You want to keep them around, okay? Then you have starters. Those would be like the kind of guys that, yeah, they're they're doing enough to be on the field. They should be on the field, but I don't know you want to give them a whole bunch of money when their contract's up, okay? Then you have fringe starters. Those are the type of guys you should be thinking about replacing. And then you have what I call reserve special teamers. And then below that's below replacement level. Oof. Reserve special teamers. That is where... Cole Komet has been so far this season, at least just based on the way I look at the film and grade it out every week. Now he's on the high end of that, closer, you know, close to French starter, but like that's what he's been. To me, that's actually accurate. That's where he's been when you look at what he's How been. How do you so grade far his performance season. in the run game, though? Because I, I would imagine the run game doesn't work as well as it does if he's not playing as well sure, as he I is in the run game. I look at blocking. That's why I always come back and I and I once I get the all twenty two, which has been a problem this year a lot. Um. I seem to have figured out the hack on that one. Once I get it, then I watch all the end zone angles. And when he makes a key run block that springs open a guy, I give him credit for that. There's also, I hate to say it though, some blocks that haven't been good. In fact, there was one the other day where he completely whiffed on the guy coming on the right side and Jesse James was coming over to help I don't know if he was in motion or that was what he was supposed to do to help, but he ended up taking, it might, may have been Bosa, but he ended up taking that guy because Cole Komet whiffed on him. And by the way, I gave these guys all the credit in the world, I think, against the Raiders. I did a whole film study when they blocked their asses off and they had a couple good weeks in there where the tight ends were really, really good blocking. That's all factored in here. I don't mean to pick on Cole Komet. That's actually, you know... This has become just, the pick on Cole Komet's podcast for you. <laughs> well, and, and I apologize if it's coming off that way. It's just, to me, it's another second-round pick that you keep projecting these guys as, hey, this is going to be the Bears' Travis Kelsey. This is going to be the Bears' Tyreek Hill when you start talking about the wide receivers. See, I think that's part of the problem. Like, Matt Nagy just always wanted to rebuild the Kansas City Exactly. Offense and just never adjusted to what he was actually, what was actually drafted, what was actually signed. Like it's just built differently, built differently. All right, moving on to defense. Real quick, you do bring up a good point though. It's year two for Cole Komet. It does take a while with tight ends. You brought up two guys that are, you know, farther along in their careers. And I'm not, I, I want to make it clear. I still like Cole Komet. I do think he can get better. It's just part of the law. It's just me using an example in a larger conversation of some of these guys that how many second-round picks do we have to talk about? Long time we talked about all these great second-round picks for Ryan Pace. And you sit back and you're like, I don't know, which one of these guys are actually great? Like, Eddie Goldman was great. Yeah, what's going on there? What happened to that? So, Cody Whitehair was anyway, a solid starter. Yeah, yeah. We, that's a different conversation. All right, defense. 
See how you feel about this one. Coordinator Sean Desai won't get the praise he probably deserves for keeping an aging, injury-plagued, talent-depleted defense above water. As Adam drinks his water. Yeah, I got to hydrate when I'm this hot. Um, yeah, I don't think he... Well, yeah, you're right. I mean, if they, they keep playing like this, he's not going to get the credit. Sure. He should. They looked old, beat up, injured, just a tad slow against the 49ers. That 49ers offense was not exactly world beaters. Especially in the fourth quarter. They gave up. Ooh. Don't tell Eddie Jackson. Didn't play. I know. He doesn't want to hear about giving up, though, an effort. What happened in the fourth quarter, though? They just get tired? Yeah. I'm with, you know, this is something we've talked about on this podcast now. John's like, how long can you keep this defensive window open? It's football. It's, oh, it's the shut. NFL. No, no, that defensive window is shut. Can we just yeah. shut it? That's and the unfortunate even, reality. Like, I, I, I use talent depleted, too, because some of their... Draft picks, young guys, aren't exactly panning out as they had hoped to. Your Duke Shelley's, your Kindleville doors, and whatnot. Right. All right. Quarterback, Justin Fields. Fields' progress and success will leave management in Detroit, Carolina, Denver, and maybe even Philadelphia wondering, what the hell were we thinking? Yes. They are already should be thinking that. I think about that daily. What were you thinking in Carolina? And they didn't even take Patrick Sertan like they should have. Now, J.C. Horn might be a good player, but what? Even in Denver, Patrick Sertan has been one of the best corners this year. He's been outstanding. He's probably going to be like a Jalen Ramsey type player. Good pick for Denver. They don't have a quarterback. They're rebuilding. Who's who are they going to find a quarterback? Like, yeah, I cannot believe that, especially those two teams passed on Justin Fields. And I said it the second the Lions traded for Jared Goff and got rid of Matthew Stafford. I said, and I was screaming it. This should not preclude them from taking a quarterback in the draft, and they didn't do that. I think organizations that at least take the swings on quarterbacks, like they should be appreciated a little bit more. No, that may come off as a defensive Ryan Pace, but you need one to win in this league. You just do. You're treading water until you have one. You got to have some gumption, some guts. That's what I think. You're right. treading water, or you, and then all of a sudden you start sinking. Like, yeah. Like the Brown, the Broncos were a team that was kind of like treading water, and now they're they're sinking. Yeah, they're trading Von Miller. They just they're they're in a rebuild. And they got to get that quarterback. And I don't know if that guy's going to be in this draft. All right, let's wrap this up. How the season ends. The season will end with another press conference with Chairman George McCaskey and President Ted Phillips that leaves everyone infuriated. Have we gotten the quarterback situation completely right? No. Have we won enough games? No. Everything else is there. He might be able to to say the quarterback thing is right though, which is fine. Everything else is not there though. See, like here's here's stop the thing. lying Look, to your fans. This is such a double edged sword. Like there are so many fans just rooting for Ryan Pace to get fired, rooting for Matt Nagy to get fired. But then at the end of the day, the people in charge of hiring the next coach and the next GM are the same people that brought you, at first, Phil Emery and Mark Trespin before you got to Ryan Pace and Mad Nagy. Like, just yeah. think about that. Like, And fired Lovey Smith after a 10-6 and six yes. season. There, there is a very be careful what you wish for vibe to this. And yes, maybe Justin Fields is good enough to, <laughs> you know, overcome this what's the saying like even a broken clock is right twice or something like that twice a day yes yes it's just who knows who knows but there there's so much so much to digest and the thought like that just just so that's your prediction 
Well, no, no. My prediction, like, again, this continues. It could be their decision to stick with Pace and Nagy, or it could be their decision to fire them all and then run their own searches. Like, this is this is not going to end well. Maybe they'll hire John Gruden. <laughs> again, this is not going to end well. <laughs> that was definitely a joke. Knock on wood if you're with me. I don't think anybody's going to be knocking knocking the wood being with uh, John Gruden anymore. I think he's toast. Oh, and that Henry Rugg story. Man, that's sad all around. Sad. Ooh. All right. Um, we should get out of here. A lot of real talk. Real Wednesday on the podcast. Yeah. I like that. These are the types of conversations that should have been happening in Hal's Hall this week. I don't know if they were or not, but... That's not cliche talk. That's real talk. I hope there was real talk. Some of it should have been happening before the season, but I'm done returning to that point. Podcast yeah. listeners, I'm done returning to the training camp rant. It's over. It's I don't retired. think you are because I think it's going to continue to be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell were we doing there? I don't know. But I'm telling you, guys, I, 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 I'm not even optimistic they'll turn out to be anything. But guys like Jesper Horstead, I would call Rodney Adams up with the lack of wide receiver. Like, these are the types of guys. See what you have on your roster. Maybe play Brashad Perryman. <laughs> I have no expectations for Brashad Perryman, but why not? Yeah, what the hell? I mean, it's it's not like you can't even be like, well, if you take Allen Robinson off the field, then you're hurting Justin Fields because then he doesn't have he has like the ta- the targets that Mitch Trubisky had as a rookie. Remember that? Yeah. Who was it that led the team in? Re- who was the uh... Taylor Gabriel? Danielle. Oh, Trey Burton. I forget. No, in 2017, there was that wide receiver. Oh, uh, uh, Dontrell Inman. You had Inman. But there was like that former first rounder that I'm forgetting now. Anyway, he may have been sliding into somebody's DMs. I don't know what's going on anymore. But remember that whole thing? Oh, man. We haven't had that yet. All right. At least I think the Bears will be smart enough to play Larry Borum over Jermaine Effetti the rest of the year. You hope so. He looked all right. But that's what you got to do. You got to do it at a tight end. You got to do it at wide receiver. Figure out what you have here. You're doing it at quarterback. You did it too late, but you're doing it. Figure out what you have here. All right. We're out of here. Look for that story on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. If you're not a subscriber, check out that whole thing. Should be good stuff. Uh, I'm at NBCSportsChicago.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Our producer is Kent Garrison. Does a great job. As always, and we appreciate everybody who called in this week. We'll keep those voicemails going. Uh, Our schedule, again, is a little bit off because the Monday Nighter, our preview episode for this week, will come on Friday. So check it out on Friday. We'll have a little bit more info um, injury-wise. Assuming Matt Nagy will be back in the building, but, you know, we've got to figure all that stuff out. Who's practicing? David Montgomery status. All those types of things. We'll have all that for you later in the week. Appreciate you guys, and um, check out the 22Q Family Foundation. Talk to you Friday. See ya. That Justin Fields run for a touchdown just had me feeling some type of way.